All right, welcome everyone to today's Seven Figures Club podcast. Today we have an amazing guest. We've got Rafael Vargas. And if you haven't seen Rafael on Instagram, he's got uh, a massive following there on Instagram. But more importantly, Rafael is actually an amazing serial entrepreneur, uh, real estate investor, e-commerce entrepreneur, and he's actually helped mentor over a thousand, just thousands of students, helped them to build their very own six-figure business from scratch, which he did himself. He is now focused on investing into various industries that are hot and growing, like e-commerce automation, Forex, no foreign currency exchange, commercial real estate, and several other businesses. He is a lifestyle investor. He's a passive income expert. Rafael, excited to have you on the show. There are over 32 million businesses in the U.S. and over 90% of them will never break seven figures in annual sales. So how do we as entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs break into that seven figures club? This podcast will relentlessly share the secrets, strategies, and tactics I've used to create three multi seven figures businesses and bring in even more successful entrepreneurs than me to share their inspirational stories and tactics to success. You can create your dream business in life right now. So buckle up and let's go. Thank you. Blessing to be on. Thank you so much. All right. So, Rafael, we're super excited to kind of hear your story and your background. Uh, what was it like growing up and, 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 and what did you learn growing up in your childhood that you think led to some of the success? Or what were some of those lessons, you know, as you were going through childhood that uh, helped pave the way for you to become a successful entrepreneur that so many people in our audience want to become? Right. I think, um, you know, that's, that's a really good question. I get, you know, I mentor a lot of people at the moment. And, you know, people ask me the same thing, you know, Raphael, what was it in your childhood that, you know, changed your mindset or the perception of what success looked like for you? Because I, I definitely didn't have, you know, any visual, visual, visualization or success around me at the time. You know, I got kicked out of high school. I went to an alternative school, which was like with seven kids. They were all gang members with tattoos on their face. And, um, you know, I used to take the public transportation. It took me about two hours every day to go from my alternative school back to my house. And so, you know, I was just seeing actually the complete opposite of success, you know, it's poverty, a lot of poverty and just people that were uh, going through rough situations uh, consistently, uh, rough situations. I was going through the same thing, you know, and, um, you know, it, it, it started off when I was 19 or 18 years old. You know, I went through this like crazy kind of traumatic experience where I almost got murdered. I almost got killed. And it, it started off, you know, a question in my mind. It started with a question in my mind at the age of 18. Right. And it was, you know, almost getting murdered and seeing that. And it was like a miracle how I got saved. Right. It was a miracle. I'm not going to go into the entire story, but it was a miracle how I got saved. And, and again, it led me to a question, which is, you know, God, why did you spare my life? Why was my life spared? And, you know, at 18, 19, I was a knucklehead. I was doing a, running around doing with the wrong people, doing the wrong things. And, you know, at the age of 18, 19, I asked myself the most important question in the world, which is, why am I alive? And I really felt convicted that God saved my life for a reason. And I didn't believe in God at the time. I didn't believe that, you know, I didn't really believe in God. I wasn't spiritual. I was running around doing the wrong things, like I said. And asking myself that question, it just led me to this ridiculous obsession trying to figure out why I'm alive. And so at the age of 18, you know, um, you know, I didn't have a father figure at that time. I didn't really have any guidance. I just was obsessed with seeking 
my why, right? Why am I alive? And um, at the age of 18, you know, and, and people think, you know, you start looking for your why, your purpose about why you're living in life. And it's supposed to just boom, drop in, you know, like, like, uh, like, you know, hail hitting your head or something. And the reality, it's not like that. It was a consistent pursuit from 18 to the age of 21. I was ridiculously pursuing. I changed my entire life. I cut the people around me that were bad influences. You know, I just really locked myself in. I started going to church. I didn't even really go to church at that time, but I started pursuing church and pastors and I started seeing crazy dreams. So asking myself that question was such a powerful question to ask. And then at the age of 21, I, I kind of found out found out why I was I was you know living why God spared my life and um, and you know John Maxwell says two of the best days of anyone's life are the day you find out you know the day you were born and the day you find out why you were born and at the age of 21 that's when my life changed you know finding out my why so to just kind of summarize what you just asked me which is you know what was one of the biggest traumatic childhood experiences or what was it that led to your success? Because there was absolutely no success around me. How did I become an eight figure, multi eight figure entrepreneur where I've generated probably generated in my career, I don't know, 35, $40 million in, in revenue in all my companies. I run nine different companies. I drive a Rolls Royce. I have a Lamborghini Aventador. I have two penthouses. My mom's retired um, millions in the bank. Uh, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm successful in, you know, America's eyes now. Right. And I'm under the age of 30. So how did I go from that as a kid to now where I'm at now? And um, again, you know, two simple things. Asking myself, why am I here? Seeking God, seeking faith and finding out that why is the reason why I'm here today. Hey, man, what a beautiful story. So when that incident happened and you almost die, now all of a sudden you're asking, wow, you know, maybe how, how did you change the way you spent and used your time after that? Because you were using your time a certain way before that happened. Then you have this life or death experience. How did you change how you used your time? Because it sounds like it was a big, big change in focus and maybe using your time much differently after that. A hundred percent. Use my time very, very differently. I mean, I started, um, you know, at the age of 18 to 21, I was just seeking church, reading the Bible and going through a lot of hardships and watching my mom, you know, work two jobs and trying to support me and my mentally disabled brother. That was at the age of 21. When that happened, I was so angry. I was like, wow, you know, um, I, I need to become a millionaire and retire my mother. So when I made the decision that I wanted to become a millionaire, that's when I started really changing what I started doing on a day-to-day -day basis, right? Cutting off all my friends, reading countless books. I mean, like, I, I mean, if you guys can see my, like literally this is my bookshelf. I've read almost every single one of these books. And I used to read, you know, two to three books on a weekly basis. You know, I've mastered speed reading. And so, you know, from not, you know, really from not even graduating high school, not having a college education, I had to self-educate. So my time was so invested in books, YouTube videos, Tony Robbins, Grant Cardone. I mean, Everybody and anybody at the age of 21, I'm 29 now, everything I could indulge my own self-education, that's what I would spend my time on. And then when I became, you know, when I said, okay, now I have an avenue on how to become a millionaire, which is real estate investing, real estate wholesaling, then, you know, it'd be nighttime. I'd be studying and reading all day, all night. Um, and then during the daytime, I'd be calling homeowners and knocking on doors, you know, 
just the, the stuff you have to do, the grind. Absolutely. So as you're going through, you're reading all these books, you're getting information, and I would be willing to bet you're probably learning a lot more about success and creating entrepreneurship and a successful business than you ever would have in college. So sometimes that can be a good thing. But Grant Cardone, Tony Robbins, all the great people, who was kind of that real estate uh, mentor or, or what gave you the idea to jump into real estate? Was that your first business that, that really took off and, and, and you said to yourself, wow, this, this could be the thing that changes my life and my family's life? Yes, a hundred percent. And, uh, you know, even though my mom, my mom's here, she's taking care of my daughter and, uh, she's a hundred percent retired now, you know, she just helps me with all my ventures and accounting, stuff like that. But she would even say so herself, you know, uh, that, uh, that was, that was a hundred percent the first business and, um, you know, and not, no one believed in me. No one believed that I could do it. Um, I had a mentor. Um, there was a guy, the way I found out about it, I was working a dead end job. And, um, you know, at a dental office, you know, it's kind of like a receptionist there making $12 an hour at 21 years old. And this guy walked in, he looked semi successful. And I was like, look, what do you do? You know, I want to become successful like you. Uh, he's spending $20,000 in his seat. And he said, oh, I do real estate wholesaling. And I said, I'll do anything you tell me to. Just please teach me this real estate wholesaling thing. And he said, okay, pay me $3,000 and, um, you know, and I'll teach you everything about real estate wholesaling. And I didn't have $3,000 at the time, but I sold, I had music equipment, I had shoes. I sold everything that I had um, possessions to, to come up with that $3,000, which was my entire net worth at the time at 21. Um, and I gave it to him and he pretty much took that money and he just ran. He didn't teach me anything. Uh, he didn't teach me a single thing, but, you know, I'm still thankful for that moment because, you know, it taught me something more important, which is resourcefulness. Taught me about resourcefulness. It taught me that, you know, you know, so many people out there that have excuses, they point the finger at me and say, Raphael, well, it's easy for you. You know, I'm, I make over a million dollars a month now, you know, and it's so Raphael, it's easy for you now because you have money and you can leverage your money to make more money and you drive Rolls Royces and Lamborghinis and do all this. Well, okay, well, what about the time where I had nothing? You know, what about the times where I had zero resources and I had to turn shit into sugar, right? which is a, my, one of my favorite books, 50, um, The 50th Law by Robert Greene, right? There's a chapter about turning shit into sugar, which is resourcefulness. Tony Robbins talks about resourcefulness. And so my biggest mentor was YouTube because, you know, my mentor robbed me. And so I was scarred and I was angry and I was in a worse position than when he left me. But I quit my job and I made a decision that I was going to be successful at this avenue and I wouldn't stop until I did it. And um, yeah, I mean, my mentor was YouTube. YouTube videos and Google all day. So YouTube videos, Google, the guy who was supposed to mentor you probably could have literally just takes your money. Like it's unbelievable that, that he would do that after, after you reached out and, and say, but the more unbelievable thing is that you didn't stop. You're already down. You're already in a tough place. And then you actually quit your job. So now you're getting schooled from YouTube and thank goodness, you know, we've got uh, YouTube today and there's so much value and, and there's really just, I guess there's no excuse. Everybody has the same opportunity, more opportunity now than they did 10, 20 years ago. So now you start getting into wholesaling. Tell us about your first deal where you finally now break through and you're starting to say, Hey, if I can replicate this type of deal, I can change my life. 
Yeah. Um, you know, I made a decision, you know, when you make a decision to do something, you start, you know, for me, I was excited. So I started telling everybody and I'm thinking everyone's going to support me. No one supported me. My mother said, go get a job. You're ridiculous. Go back to college, go save up, go to college. It's never going to work. Never going to work. And my sister never going to work. All my friends never going to work. But I, I, I felt like God in my heart was the one that told me consistently, you know, this is where you have to be going and you don't understand it. And even though no one believes you, the world doesn't believe you. I believe in you. I believe in you. And my path for you is greater. And not everyone can see the vision. Not everyone can see what I see. And that's why I say it's so important to lock in with your purpose, with faith, with God, so that, you know, whenever you go through those hard times, you have something to keep you pushing. So long story short, it took me nine months. This did not, I didn't say I'm going to go into real estate wholesaling and I'm going to close my first deal, make $30,000. And next month I did it. It took me nine months. And there were days, you know, I went three, four days with no sleep. I mean, I went three days, four days fasting because I truly believe that in the Bible, you know, if we fast and we pray and we do this and that, I went celibate for years. I mean, there's a lot of things that, you know, men I know, didn't have the strength or capacity to do in that time frame in which I really sacrificed my life to do because I wanted to take care of my family. I want to take care of my mother. I want to take care of my brother. I wanted to take them and give them a life that I knew they deserved. And I knew I could provide for them. But long story short, nine months working failure after failure, after failure, after failure, after failure. I was on my last $18 or $15. And I remember one night just crying you know, crying myself to sleep, just praying to God after going two, three days with no sleep because I'm working ridiculously tirelessly. And I'm praying to God, I'm like, God, please, this, this got to work. I've been at this nine months, too long, no income. I'm on my last, you know, I got to make this work. And month nine, I closed my first deal. I, you know, right after that week alone, I remember that prayer and that week alone, I locked up my first contract. It was actually a million dollar property in Washington, D.C., and I flipped it for a million thirty, and I made $30,000 on my first deal after nine months. Outstanding. So for anyone in the audience that isn't aware, wholesaling is where you get a property under contract that's a great deal, and then you wholesale, kind of pass it on to an investor who buys it uh, you know, from you and pays a small fee, and they're still going to come out way ahead with that deal. But now you've just gone from zero to 30000 like that, so you found the property, you got it under contract. Where'd you find the investor to move that deal to? Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of places to find investors. Um, you know, I, there's Facebook groups, there's, mm. um, you know, Facebook groups, there's uh, meetup groups where you can yep. go to. So uh, online on the MLS. So, you know, we found this investor. I think this was an investor on the MLS that I've just built a relationship with, you know? And how important are relationships? How did you build some of those first relationships? Because I think a lot of people really think they can just do all this without the relationships, but relationships I've found to be the key to building these types of businesses. How did you start to build these kind of relationships and, and build your team up? You know, I heard the same thing over and over again from like multi, multi-millionaires, you know, when I was, you know, worth, you know, had a negative net worth at the time. You know, multimillionaires just tell me the same thing. And they used to say, man, you remind me of, me of me when I was younger. And they always wanted to help me out. And I think it was because of my my ridiculous tenacity, you know, my my ridiculous passion and drive and confidence, even though it was so dark in my life at the time and I was going through so much painful stuff, I had so much confidence and faith. And um, they saw that. They saw my will. They saw my drive. They saw that I was willing to do whatever it takes 
And I think the key to building relationships with high net worth people is showing them that side of you. Because for example, with me, you know, I'm only friends with people that are like that. You know, my friend group are people that are just like me, you know, my friend group. So if you want to build a relationship with people that are high level, high net worth people, you better be a high level, high net worth person in your mind. Even though you're not there financially, you can be there in your mind and build that kind of relationship with people, you know? Huge point. For everyone listening, you are the sum of the five people you spend the most time with. And so you talked about something super important there as you were going through this journey at the beginning, you know, when you had that near death experience, you said you had to cut some fat, you had to get rid of some of these, you know, negative influences and people who had been friends. And why did you decide to do that? Man, uh, they, well, plain and simple, a couple things. Uh, they thought I was crazy because I was 21 years old and they were out partying and hanging out with chicks all day. And I was like, look, I want to become a multimillionaire. And because they were in my ear all the time telling me this is ridiculous, you're stupid, why would you ever do that? You know, you're never going to be successful. I couldn't hear that stuff. That was all the negative energy that I just, I couldn't hear at the time. And I had such a big vision at the time. And I, I had a very big goal to retire my mother, take care of my family. That negativity is going to hold you down. So you have to cut the dead weight. And respectfully, even my mother, you know, some days I'd run into the house. I lived in the basement. And I'd run in and go straight to my basement because I didn't even want to see my mother. Because it was like we fought almost every day because she thought I was ridiculously crazy. You know, my own mother didn't see it, you know, and, and I think a lot of people fear this, right? They fear, they fear solidarity. They fear being alone. They, they fear these things. And I didn't fear it. I didn't fear it. Matter of fact, because I never felt alone. I felt like God is all I needed. I felt like I didn't need anybody because if I had God, nobody else mattered. And they would all see what God was going to show them later on. And they did. And they 100% did. Every single one of those people did in so many different ways. And so, you know, that aloneness and that, that pe too many people are fearing, you know, their spouse and getting rid of their spouse or their, not, you know, not their wife or their girlfriend. They don't want to let go of these toxic relationships. And I was just able to do it. So you, you got to cut the fat. You got to get rid of those negative relationships that are not helping you and then start to surround yourself with the positive people that are. So after you, you know, got that, uh, that project done, now you've got $30,000. Is it rinse and repeat? Is it uh, wholesale, wholesale? Or did you, you know, start trying different things out in other parts of real estate? No, it was uh, it was 100% rinse and repeat. And I started scaling my operation in 2015. I was about 23, 24 years old. I made my first million dollars. I made over a million dollars uh, for the year. I was flipping commercial type assets, wholesaling commercial type assets, mm -hmm. making 300,000 on a deal, 250,000, 150,000, you know, six figure pay paydays in 20 days, 30 days. And, um, you know, people in Washington, D.C. were just like dumbfounded because I was just making ridiculous money, you know, and I was I was so young, you know, and they were just like, holy shit, you know, I'm I really revolutionized the wholesaling industry as a whole. And then from there. You know, I took my capital and I started buying, buying whole properties. I started doing uh, what people call the birth strategy, buying, uh, renovating, renting out, refinancing and repeat. So I started building a portfolio of properties where I'd buy them, you know, they need work, buy them in Baltimore for 25,000, renovate them for 40,000, be all in for 65. They appraise at 100,000, refinance my money at 75K, walk away with 10K in my pocket or 5K in my pocket and rent the property out for at the time was really high. 
uh, like $1,300 to $1,400 a month because uh, Section 8 was incredible back then. Um, and so we were just crushing it with those properties. Um, and so, yeah, I started doing that and I built a portfolio of those properties as well. Standing. So, so a lot of uh, buy and hold and, and get that money back in the refinance. Sounds like mostly single families or? At the time, yeah, single families. I was okay. I was flipping and wholesaling the commercial and uh, multifamily stuff. Yeah, very good, very good. And so you're doing real estate. Now, how do you start to bring in some of these other concepts? You start to do foreign currencies and you start to get involved with e-commerce. What, uh, what was that progression like? And how did you keep spinning the plates with your real estate business at the same time as you added these additional businesses? And now I think you said you have nine businesses you run. Yeah, nine different companies. Um, you know, uh, I'm looking at them right now, but nine companies. And yeah, in 2000, well, what happened was, you know, I said, okay, well, if I can do this, you know, uh, in Washington, D.C., my backyard, make a million dollars, why can't I flip property in Tampa? And so I expanded from my operation. You know, I was in the shower one day and I felt like God just gave me this bright idea to expand into Tampa. Best decision I ever made. I expanded from Washington, D.C. to Tampa. I then moved my operation from Tampa. So now I'm in Washington, D.C., Baltimore, Tampa, wholesaling virtually. And then I said, okay, wait, well, if I'm doing this virtually, why can't I open up other markets? So I started hiring data scientists to find the best markets in the United States that have the highest profit potential and the least competition. And I just started expanding. I went into Atlanta, Baltimore, Charlotte, D.C., Houston, uh, Lakeland, New Jersey, Orlando, Philly, Tampa. Um, I went into, uh, I'm looking at the markets right now. Um, yeah, those were the main markets um, that I went into. And so I went into nine different metropolitan markets, 2019. I'm looking at my operation. You know, I have a COO, a CEO, a head of sales, a head of dispositions. You know, I had a transa two transaction coordinators, VAs cold callers. I mean, I had this whole operation and I was, you know, I was closing, you know, freaking, I don't know, 30 to 50 houses on a monthly basis. And so I'm like, man, I scaled this. I built this software, my CRM scaled this whole operation. I was killing it. I was like, man, people started asking me, how the hell are you doing this? You know, I'm 26, 27 years old. How the hell am I doing this? You know, what, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? Everyone, I'm, I'm the guy. So now I'm the go-to guy. Everyone wants to know what the hell I'm doing because no one was able to scale like I did. And these are proven documents. You know, I've, I've, I've flipped over a thousand real estate deals. And it's documented. You know, a lot of people don't believe it because they see me. They see I'm a Spanish guy, Arab tattoos. Oh, look at this weirdo. I, I, it's documented. You know, I, I just say documentation over conversation, you know, always. And it's documented. Um, but long story short, you know, I went in 2019 and I said, look, I'm going to start teaching people. Started having events where I had, you know, hundreds of people at an event teaching everything I, I do. And I transformed a lot of people's lives. I turned a lot of people into millionaires, um, teaching them how to do what I did, exactly what I did, um, and how I scaled my operation. So I transformed a lot of lives and uh, traveled the nation doing that in 2019. Uh, 2020, the pandemic, uh, the, the pandemic hit. And, um, you know, I, bro, I mean, I just keep living, you know, I keep going back to this so, because it's just real. Uh, I went to Tulum, Mexico, because I was going through some issues with my partners and I just spent alone time. Um, and, you know, we made over, I don't know, $10 million, you know, educating people, transforming their lives. I can only imagine how much money I made other people by teaching them. So, you know, you give value, you make money and they get value even more. 10x that, I'm sure. So long story short, I went to Tulum, Mexico. I had a little problem with my partners. I, I needed clarity on 2020. And I felt like God told me to go 100% into e-commerce. And, you know, that's what I did. I did that in March and boom, next month, the pandemic hit 
And everyone was locked into the houses. And while everyone was locked in the houses, I was in e-commerce. Literally the month I decided to shut down my real estate company, I have a post about it. I literally have a post about this on my Instagram. If you go back, you see me in Tulum, Mexico by myself with my Bible journaling in March, coming back saying I shut down my real estate company. Then the pandemic hits. Like it's, it's, I can't make this stuff up. The pandemic hits in e-commerce, our company blows up. I mean, we started doing ridiculous numbers and transforming other people's lives, wanting passive income, building them e-commerce stores. And so we, you know, we charge $40,000 to build them an e-commerce store where we share in the profits, 75, 25% split. And um, that's what we did. And so that's how I went to e-commerce and um, yeah, going into Forex, you know, I had a business partner that was making a lot of money trading Forex and I invested with him as well. And we just grew that to the next level. Same thing. Wow. Unbelievable. So, so ba basically based on your revelation that you received from, you know, from God, you made this transition with the perfect timing because we all know from March up until now, e-commerce has just ballooned and grown dramatically because of the pandemic. And it's not likely to change. It's likely to continue growing for the next several years of what the experts are saying. And you had the foresight to kind of jump on that, you know, before all that happened. Yeah. And, you know, by, you know, a lot, of, you know, people say, Raph, you're such a genius or you're a genius. And it's like, man, I'm, I'm really not, you know, I'm just, I'm just a good follower. You know, I'm just a really good follower. I think that's what makes me a good leader, you know, cause I have, obviously I have an amazing operation. I run nine different companies with a lot of employees and a lot of management and people like that. So I have to be a strong leader. What makes me a good leader is the fact that I'm a great follower. You know, I'm a follower of what I feel like God is telling me to do, what God's direction for my life is. And because I'm such a good follower of that and I'm a good steward of that, it makes me a strong leader in my businesses. And so, you know. So what, what do you think a lot of us, you know, grow up and, and we're, we're raised, uh, you know, in a church and as we grow older, you know, people tend to lose faith. They, they don't follow through as much. What is it about you that's that's helped you and your relationship and your faith with God grow stronger? And how do you listen to to Him to get the right decisions? Because because whatever, however you're receiving the revelation, like there's there's a way to do it, and I think a lot of people are confused about that. And I think a lot of people want to believe, and deep down they know that listen, the odds that the whole universe and the earth came together. It wasn't by chance. It wasn't by accident. There was someone who created it and created each of us and wants us to be happy. What is it people are missing about building relationship with God that, that they need to understand? And that's a really, that's a really good question. And to answer it uh, simply would be very, very difficult, but as simple as I can put it is, you know, what God says is, you know, seek and you shall find. And, you know, at the age of 18, man, I was, I was, I mean, to say the least obsessed, you know, I was obsessed because, you know, it was just such a ridiculous miracle of how I got saved. I just, I knew that there, there was a reason why it's like, okay, God, you must have saved me for a reason. Why is that? And I think, you know, the phrase as simple as I could put it is seek and you shall find, you know, when it was time, when I was going through a lot of hardship you know, with my partners in 2020, the beginning of 2020, I, I went alone again. You know, I keep going down to this alone thing. I went alone to Tulum. I went alone by myself 
and I journaled and I prayed and I read and I just journaled and I asked God for wisdom and seeking. And I think the reality is as simple as I could put it is if you really, really want to seek and you don't stop seeking, you will find. And that's that's what I found, at least in my life. And so prayer helps me every morning. I pray. I'm thankful. I have gratitude. I write in my journal. Right. I write in my journal things that I speak to God through my journal. I speak to God through my prayer and I ask him to consistently give him, give me wisdom. And I, I, and I think the biggest thing is as well as you have to truly believe that he has a better plan for you than you have for yourself. Because I had a very clear plan for my own life before I started really trusting in God's plan for me. And my plan was, completely different. I want to become a music producer and all these different things. Right. And God had a whole nother plan, but I had to give up my own life, my own plan to seek his. And I think when you start there and then you go to the place where you're seeking now, where the plan is, you're going to find it. Amen. Well, well said. So it's, it's about taking the action and seeking and seeking, and then you will find but, but to me, I think the biggest problem most people have is they don't seek long enough or hard enough. And the one thing that I think we can all agree upon listening to your story is you're a guy who goes 110% all in, obsessive, until he figures something out. YouTube every day, days without sleep, nine months, no money, no deal, and then finally one deal. And then you crack the code and you duplicate and you replicate it. And then, okay, e-commerce is the next place that I need to go. And then you go all in and you find the mentors and you find the education and you don't stop until you get there. And the problem is most people are not willing to push through the pain. Why is it you're able to push through the pain and the difficulty where so many others, 99.9% stop? Yeah, that's a great, that's a great question as well. Um, you know, me being able to push through the pain, it, it just comes down to, you know, um, you know, the, 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 the pain, the simple sacrifices, you know, I keep going back to like Bible verses and things like that. But like, you know, the sacrifices or the small pain that we go through in this world really amounts to like it's incomparable to the glory that you're going to have in the future. Right. And so I really, truly believe that. You know, and that's where 99% of the people, that's why they're not successful, because they're not willing to go through the dark times. They're not willing to go through the pain. They're not willing to, to sacrifice things in their life or the routines that they have in their life, the painfulness of changing their lives or routines. They're not willing to do that. They're not willing to. And because of that, they're not going to see the glory on the other side. And I just always stood by that. I truly believe that there really is no glory without pain, you know, and so I'm at that point now where it's just like, it's now like conditioned in my mind that, you know, I have to, you know, there will be pain in the beginning, but there will be glory at the end. And so if you really believe that and you have faith that God is good and God's going to take you through that pain and he's still with you during the painful times, no matter what happens, because I went through a lot of painful times, no matter what happens, you know, I could have, I should have gave that. I should have gave in when my mentor robbed me of my entire net worth. 99.99% of people would have gave up right there. When 100%. my men my 3,000, well, I guess I'm going to just go back to this job. I knew this wasn't going to work. I knew it was a scam. I knew it was this. I knew it was that. People would have gave up, but I didn't. I didn't. I went through the pain. And, um, you know, I think that's, you know, having that faith. And that's why it's important to have God in your corner, walking you, knowing that he's with you during that pain. You know what I mean? 
Amen. And I think what's so important that people realize that they're listening to this now is regardless of where you're at and what you've gone through, like it can all change in an instant, in a moment, but you have to see the glory beyond the pain and understand the pain is temporary. And I think that's the one thing I just really understood from you there is the pain is temporary. It's not going to last forever, but if you are willing to push through, pay the price, the glory on the other side of it is absolutely amazing. And then the next problem and the next pain that you go through in life, same thing, you'll be able to get through the next one easier after you get through the first one. Yeah. And in my experience, the pain gets worse and the glory gets bigger. So it's like God is always taking you through levels. You know what I mean? Like I, I just lost $1.5 million, you know? So it's like I lost three, you know, $3,000 over here. Now I just lost $1.5 million. You know, you take bigger losses, but you know, Bill, you know, what does it say? You know, millionaires lose thousands to become millionaires. Right. And then billionaires lose millions to become billionaires. And my goal is to become a, a billionaire. You know, I want to be a billionaire with a B. You know, I want to give back hundreds of millions of dollars to charities. I want to create millions of leaders in my multi-level marketing company and my other companies and ventures. And, you know, I want to dominate all the industries that I'm a part of so that, if I dominate them, people are forced to look at me. And if they're forced to look at me, they're forced to look at my story. And if they look at my story, they're going to look at God and God working through all of it. Well said. So Raphael, your story is amazing. Obviously you and your team are experts at so many different industries, but for everyone listening, how can they connect up with you? How can they work with you? How can they find out more about your programs and your mastermind groups and follow the path and journey that you've already proven works. Yeah. Um, the easiest way is, um, you know, you can follow me on Instagram. I do a lot of free giveaways and I do, you know, I have free mentorships and things like that. Um, I do have a mastermind that I have going on. It's a $30,000 investment for a mastermind. I haven't done a mastermind for freaking three years. Um, but I decided, you know, my team was very passionate about, Hey, we should start doing masterminds again. So we just started again. Um, but yeah, I mean, the best way is to follow me on Instagram. You see everything that I do. I'm very transparent. You know, I'm transparent like this week. I told people, you know, I'm going to show you my, my financials. I'm going to make $300,000 this week. And I'm showing them I'm making $300,000 this week and what ventures, how I'm doing it. So my Instagram is the best way to really uh, follow me and really see and engage with what I do. Guys, if you're listening now, you need to pull up your Instagram app and you need to go to Real Rafael. Vargas, that's real, Rafael Vargas, V-A-R-G-A-S. And he's got uh, mentorship uh, information there. He's got information on the currency, Forex markets, mindset. You've got to have the mindset. You can't just know the mechanics without the mindset. Amazon, FaceTime, he's got uh, amazing content. And that's where you can connect up and go down different paths, different rabbit holes to learn more about Amazon and how he's dominating. I know you've got uh, Walmart stores as well that are really taking off. And uh, the mindset, the currency markets, obviously the real estate knowledge, like everything is right there. And the fact that it's the perfect time, the mastermind group has not been open for three years. Now it is. So real Rafael Vargas is where you need to go and connect up with him on Instagram and take action, guys. I mean, you know, Rafael went through, he invested three grand with a mentor who ran. Well, you know, Rafael's not going anywhere. You know, he's proven, his team is proven. And the more you can spend time and learn, that's what's so great. Like, I don't have to be right by Rafael in the same room with him to learn all of his amazing 
um, techniques and strategies and mindset and gain the, gain the faith that he's gotten, I can go through his programs and learn that. So you guys need to do that. And if you're not, then your life's not going to change. So you got to take action and you got to begin somewhere. And that's a great place to go. Real Rafael Vargas with Instagram. Yes, sir. All right, man. Well, hey, it's been an amazing. You've dropped so many value bombs. We will definitely uh, connect up uh, with you on Instagram. And, uh, you know, what, what's the final word that you want to share with the audience in terms of what they need to do to create the life of their dreams? Because that's what you've done. Yeah, um, I'll leave with this. And I mentioned it already in the podcast. You know, John Maxwell is my favorite, favorite leadership coach. Um, and he, uh, trainer, I've read all his books and I've, you know, studied a lot of his YouTube videos. And, you know, he says again, the two best days of your life are going to be the day you were born and the day you find out why you were born. So don't just seek success because you want money and you want the Lamborghinis and the Rolls Royces and the penthouses and the houses. Don't just seek success for the financials. Seek the why you need the money, the why in your life. Seek that first and everything else will come and you're going to live a much more fulfilled life. Amen, guys. Find the why, find the why, and then the rest will follow. But don't stop. Keep going. Take action. And we'll see you next time on the Seven Figures Club podcast. Rafael, thank you so much for being a part and being a guest. Thank you. Are you looking for more seven-figure secrets, content, or even how you can launch your own recession-proof business? Then check out sevenfigures.com. That's the digit seven, F-I-G-U-R-E-S.com, where we share more videos, stories, strategies, funding solutions, entrepreneurial education, and even the secret business type that's recession-proof. Thank you for listening, and if you're finding value in our podcast, please give us a five-star and invite others to join the club.